Welcome, welcome. I am filming this in my car. Can you believe that? Did I, I said filming? I meant recording. Also, I'm going off six hours sleep, which for most people, they function just fine. I am an outlier and I do not function well on six hours. I was actually, now I hate when people give these spiels before podcast episodes, they schmooze and just, you know, talk about stuff that's irrelevant. Well, I'm about to do that. So I pretty much went up north to Wenda Provincial Park. It's uh, in a town called Midland next to Thunder Beach, an hour and a half from Collingwood. It was splendid. A lot of running, though. My body was beat. And then I went and picked up a buddy, well, my roommate, from his parents' house, his uncle's. I can't speak. I see, this is what's happening when I'm not awake and alert. I start saying my sugar things. So anyways, it was a long day. Long story short, it was a long day, and here we are. This is like the only time I really have to do this, because I'm on my way to a client's place. So, shall we? You're going to love this. It's a science talk. And so this isn't necessarily about mindset, business, aspirations, goals, which I usually talk about, or philosophy. This is physiology, and I train people for a living, so I really, really love breaking this stuff down. It's not as compelling to me as the other stuff is, you know, because I studied it in school and whatnot. But it is still uh, really, really neat. So let's do it. It's called Why the Brain Always Wins. Uh, that's the name of a book. And the author of that book gives an incredible podcast on physiology and just things, little tips and tricks. Let's dive into the first point. Hydration. Hydration can technically prevent heart disease and heart attacks because it reduces the viscosity in your blood vessels. So this makes sense. People, blood pressure, high blood pressure, right? The pressure of the walls of your blood vessels. That's what causes a heart attack because plaque buildup on those walls will break off causing a blood clot. So it isn't, people talk about the plaque. The plaque breaking off and causing a blood clot is what caused a heart attack. So if your blood didn't clot, you wouldn't have a heart attack. And to be hydrated, you are technically preventing heart disease and heart attacks because the blood isn't going to clot as easily. Now, stress, okay? Stress isn't what causes negative side effects. Stress that... Sorry, he mentions that stress is a term used by physiologists, doctors, and strength coaches to actually refer to trauma. Trauma is what actually does harm. This is because, like my colleague Scott said, people can and should reframe stress. This author reframed it as a challenge, not stress. And there's literature to prove this, actually. Fun fact. People that look at things and they reframe stress as an opportunity, right? Or, or as this author said, a challenge, compared to something that's tearing them down. They're going to send out cortisol versus not sending out cortisol and sending out other hormones. It just makes sense. Stress isn't the negative thing. It's the trauma and then how you reframe the stress portion of it. Like we use cortisol just to get out of bed, people. Next, he mentions that mental toughness is actually a fad. It sounds cool. He says that people's capabilities comes down to their health. <laughs> this is so cool. I, I love it. I love when people go no bullshit. So this guy's saying that if you are really fit, you can run a marathon and whatever. And you know, you don't have to use mental toughness. Whereas someone who isn't fit and they think I just have to crush mental toughness. 
well, you can subside the mental toughness by having great health. And this is where I almost disagree a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's funny. My note right underneath says, uh, you know, I understand what he's saying, but I somewhat disagree since his statement is too literal. It's too broad. He's imagining that everyone can put aside pain, you know, probably because he works with a very high level athletes. But we know that the average person can improve drastically with a higher mental toughness. In some cases, it makes sense, though, right? Higher-level athletes like marathoners and soccer players can't just tough their way to be faster than someone else. They need better health and fitness. So it's, it's honestly a yin-yang theory, that it, both are important. Let's just not look at one or the other. I feel like the mental side would affect their confidence more than actual measurable data. However, confidence and effect... Effect? Oh. And effect... What the hell did I write here? Phone? No, no, no. Confidence. Oh my goodness, I am so sorry. This is a gong show. I was saying, oh, okay, confidence will affect people's motor skills and decision making. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, someone who's really confident is going to obviously think they can score a goal and then create that opportunity. After typing all that, though, I'm realizing it's too deep for me to understand. <laughs> That's funny. I was like, ah, I give up. Okay, the vagus nerve, people. This is mind-blowing. The vagus nerve is really important. Train breath control to help the rest of the body. So train your breath control to help the rest of your body. Because when we slow our breath, we send a signal through that vagus nerve to be parasympathetic. Humans are the only mammal that can consciously control our breaths. Fun fact, bonobos will pass out when they get tickled because they cannot control their breathing. That's too good. I'm just picturing these bonobos falling out of trees left, right, and center because they're getting tickled. <laughs> and I'm just imagining that. That's ridiculous. Like, this bonobo's having a good time, and the next thing you know, you're face first on the floor. The vagus nerve is mind-blowing, people. Like, mind-blowing. I actually Googled this after the podcast. That whole thing about gut brain like what do they call it your gut's the second brain that's what they say i'm by the way pause i am really pleased with myself i am holding it together despite being so tired anyways back to our our thing the vagus nerve is is attached from brain to organs and google this picture people i'm telling you and that's why they say the gut's the second brain because if you're stressed in your brain that stress signal is going to be sent to your organs digestion will not be as adequate and that has a negative consequence to your health it's a negative feedback loop because when digestion is not adequate it sends an additional stress signal to the brain and then the brain starts getting cortisol pumping and other things that reduce muscle mass and whatever and all that stuff it's mind-blowing that they're always communicating your brain and your guts gut being all the organs around the midsection they're always communicating blows my mind and that's why when you have really great digestion and internal health there, it will help your mental health and vice versa. Mental health will also technically help your organs. Like you won't shut down the digestion process because you're super stressed, right? Your body doesn't want to fo focus on digestion if you're hunting a lion. That's how our cave person head thinks. And same with our, our cave person head wants to start... Uh, you know, getting bodily functions going when the 
digestion's poor. That's why we, it sends a signal to the brain to then send a signal to the rest of the body to help the digestion. Anyways, that was a absolute word puzzle. Next, we aren't made to isolate. We have more neural pathways when we have great relationships. That's so cool. So, folks, get your neural pathways up there by having more relationships. Bigger a decision, more emotional. Oh, my God, I can't speak. The bigger a decision, the more emotion we use theoretically. What are your thoughts about this? You know, I think this incentivizes me to take reality checks, to reframe life events so my mind is clouded with emotional decisions and I can think analytically. I should have said my mind isn't clouded with emotional decisions. Because, yeah, you don't want to use the emotional brain or as in uh, Everything is Fucked, that book. They call it the feeling brain. We want to use our thinking brain. (laughs) But, again, our thinking brain is clouded by emotions when things happen. Because emotions is a survival tactic. We feel emotions to survive. Um, that's through our limbic brain, uh, which I think they talk about in, yeah, we'll get to that in like five minutes. They talk about it's mind blowing the limbic brain. So keep that in mind, people. Okay. Use your thinking brain. The emotional brain will stir you away. So they discuss that simply closing our eyes begins to slow things down. It is natural as humans. So napping is really important. Apparently, teams that follow the napping literature see way more benefits. General population see the positive side effects as well in their life when they nap. So go nap. And it's so true. Really think about that first sentence. Closing your eyes, things do slow down. You focus more. So go meditate. In 2005, we learned that brains have a lymphatic system. That means that at night, our brain moves toxins, unused neurotransmitters, and inflammation proteins that we do not need in the brain. It moves it away. Most human disease stems from that inflammation. That's mind-blowing. So folks, literally getting proper sleep and hydrating will remove the toxins and all that shit. You know, we can't wash out the brain if we have poor quality sleep. Some people need to wash out more toxins and proteins and neurotransmitters than other people. This is a part, this is an unfair part of life. This is why some people sleep six hours forever and live to 90, while some need eight. Genetics. So you can prevent disease, cancer, and other things by just the the water and the sleep because of those toxins that you flush out and the neurotransmitters you don't use. Like, it's mind-blowing. Now... Let's get to the limbic system. Five minutes is up. Do you know what the limbic system is and what it does? It's actually in the middle of your brain and it creates emotions. Now, let's dive deeper into what the emotions are. Emotions could be memories, right? So it holds memories and uh, it allows us to smell and create motivation. These are all things that drive survival in humans. Now, I'm going to break that down again because that blew my mind. Here we are, we get all romantic and poetic about emotions, specifically memories. Think about it, as a cave person, if you didn't have a memory of the last time you hunted, you wouldn't be able to hunt that lion again, and you'd die. So the people that didn't have vivid memories, like those humans died out through natural selection. So our memories is literally just a survival tactic that we as humans have possessed. 
Same with smell. When we smelled stuff, that typically meant it was edible, right? Like our smells for certain things. People that smelt other stuff or didn't smell anything, they died off. Those humans died. And then, lastly, motivation. Motivation, we think, is, again, this romantic, cool thing. It's really just a survival tactic. Humans that didn't have this sense of motivation, that emotion, they died out because they weren't motivated to hunt. (laughs) So the next time you think about memories, smell, and motivation, just remember that they're just things that allowed us to be naturally selected in nature. We can see now why the gut is the second brain. Tons of nerves and hormones running from, to and from the gut. Since our brain reacts to stuff, then gives orders, our, our gut does the same thing, making it the second brain. Music. Let's talk music. We know music affects energy because of beats per minute. However, since energy is not infinite, athletes shouldn't listen to hours of upbeat music before sports. This will actually drain our organs. One of them being the brain, because our brain is an organ. Even if it's subconscious. This blew my mind. And it seems like common sense now, right? When our, when our adrenaline kicks up and our heart rate kicks up to match the high beats per minute, like we are technically expending energy and you can get drained doing that. So for athletes, this is like it's... This literally, let's say, could make or break a game. Let's say a QB, it's a tie game, and they make one slow decision because they are drained from the upbeat music before the game. That could lose them the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying don't listen to upbeat music. I'm just saying, according to this, you want to listen to it for an hour, maybe. like, But don't do it for all day or like hours and hours before the game. Start with calm stuff, right? And then maybe like minutes before the game, you get the upbeat stuff going. I'm just saying. He finishes the podcast discussing how to travel. But I took away this. When our circadian rhythms are all fucked up, we eat more because of our body doesn't know if it's day or night. I applied this to people that stay up on their phone or TV after the sun goes down. No wonder they eat an extra three to 500 calories a day because technically their circadian rhythms are all messed up. Any thoughts on this? What do you think? You know, being at higher elevation as well all the time means we need to hydrate more. So this is mind-blowing for athletes that travel a lot. This is because the higher you go, the less humidity there is, less water in the air for us to breathe. And that's why you have to hydrate when you're flying a lot. But I really, I thought that was interesting that some literature suggests when our circadian rhythms are messed, we eat more. And so maybe if people who don't go to bed when the sun goes down, their circadian rhythms are messed and then they eat more. But that could just be adding to another bad thing, which is lack of sleep. If someone's up late all the time, they're probably not sleeping enough. And not enough sleep means not enough growth hormone, not enough muscle mass, decreased metabolism. It's a big ripple effect. All right, well, that's it. Uh, Next will be 12 steps to closing a sale. Another ran, I know, you guys are probably thinking like, we're going from philosophy to business to physiology to closing. I'm telling you, this is just stuff I'm interested in. And I, I honestly, I don't care if someone doesn't like it. Don't listen. This is just, if, if you're ready for random, for cocktail, I got you. 
How long is this podcast? I got to do my closing. Yeah, 15 minutes. I don't mind that. I don't mind that one bit. My alarm just went off. I was supposed to be napping throughout all of that, but I decided to do this instead. Anyways, folks, I hope you took away some really cool pointers. And go sh- share them with some of your mishpoche. Uh, that's Yiddish for friends or family. I wish you the best. I'm going to save you all the agonizing goodbye. Go crush life.